Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll hear from Kyle Weens of iFixit. He'll tell you about their teardowns of the iPhone 5C and the iPhone 5S. We'll hear from Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. And then Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. A reminder, neighbors, this portion of the Tech Night Out Live is brought to you by Audible.com the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks, with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash owl. Okay, let's tear things apart, or tear it up, depending on your <laughs> point of view, with Kyle Weens of iFixit.com. These are the people who, every time there's a great new mobile gadget coming out, they go ahead and tear it down to tell you how hard it is to repair, and they get harder and harder, and what it's made of. So obviously this week we're going to look at the iPhone 5C and the iPhone 5S, and we'll start, Kyle, with the 5C. Now, first question, Kyle, is looking it over, is it pretty much the same as the iPhone 5 to take apart? The 5C, yeah, it's reasonably similar. It's, it's somewhere in between the, the 5 uh, and the 5S. The process when we write the repair manual, the process will be will be different. But in terms of the overall construction and the general feel of it, it's pretty darn similar. So the way that you get into it is there's two of the proprietary pentalobe screws on the bottom, and then you use a suction cup to lift the, the screen up, and then you get inside. So it's the same general construction as the five. Okay, I have a five C right in my hand now. So I'm looking at it here, and let me just take it off the charger. So we're going to be realistic here. Unfortunately, my five S is somewhere in China. So we can't do that. Okay, I'm looking at the face of a white 5C. Now, I look at the bottom side of it, right, for these crazy little tiny screws. Right. Okay, so I see them right now. With reading glasses, ladies and gentlemen, this is really tiny. (laughs) Now, extraordinarily tiny. The screwdrivers for this, where do you get them? You can get them from us and other places online. So Apple does not make those screwdrivers available, uh, which I think is is a dirty shame. We first saw those screws on the on uh, the iPhone 4. They switched to them midway through the production cycle. So we saw this brand new five-pointed, really, really tiny screw. We uh, started talking with our tool manufacturers, and we were able to get one made. So we sell lots and lots of those things. We even have something we call the iPhone Liberation Kit that has replacement Phillips screws. So it's got the Pentalub driver, replacement Phillips screws, so then you can use any normal, you know, like eyeglasses screwdriver to open your iPhone. Do you have to have really tiny fingers to manipulate this? It's it's not that bad. I mean, certainly, if you're an NFL player, you're going to have a harder time than if you're a, a 12-year-old girl. But... If you're an NFL player, you have enough money to hire somebody. <laughs> so you don't worry about it. Okay, how easy is it once you pull the screws out to pry off the top? It's pretty straightforward. So you uh, pop the SIM card out and then just put a, a little suction cup, any tiny suction cup will do, and uh, lift the, the glass up. In, in that regard, it's, it's basically exactly the same as the iPhone 5. There are you know some ribbon cables connecting the screen to the case. You want to crack the phone open a little bit, and then you go and you disconnect those ribbon cables, and then you can completely remove the display. Now, the battery is clearly visible. Yes. The battery is the most obvious thing. You get inside, you realize, oh, gee, most of the iPhone is a battery. 
and that's the case. I mean, phones these days, the minority of the space inside is taken up by the by the computer inside. Most of it's the battery. Okay, so basically speaking here, if they could make that battery twice as powerful, that would be the miracle because the parts are really small. We know where the battery is. Now, the other side is where you have all the other logic board stuff. Right. Now, the thing is, to get there, you got to get the battery out. The battery is the first thing you're going to remove once, it, once you get it open. And so we start prying on the battery. We can't get the thing out. It's like it's glued on there or something. We're you know, prying. We have a spudger. We have a special pry tool for this sort of thing. You know, we're trying to get it off, and we cannot, for the life of us, get the battery out. We're afraid we're going to puncture the battery. We decided to heat it up, thinking there might actually be glue underneath. And so we, we heated up the bottom of the phone, and then that would loosen the adhesive, and then we were able to pry the battery out. So, Why do they use adhesive? This is a really good question, and we don't know. Uh, one reason they could be using adhesive is just to make the battery harder to replace. There's no reason of stability, reliability, or construction that requires you to use glue. I don't think people have been having problems with their iPhone 5s with the battery falling out of the phone. So I, I, don't have, <laughs> I don't have a good explanation for why they're doing this. Uh, it's really frustrating for people working on it. It makes it quite a bit more difficult to get the battery out. Uh, and you have to have some sort of heating device. So to replace the battery in the phone, you need this proprietary screwdriver. You need some tiny Phillips screwdrivers. You need some plastic pry tools. And then you need a heating device. We make something called the eye opener that uh, you can throw in the microwave and then use to heat the phone. Okay, because you don't want it to be too hot. You don't want it to be too hot. So you put it in the microwave for a minute and then you can use it to heat up heat up your phone. Oh, what a technique. Okay, so the battery is one thing. Now, obviously, there's nothing else you'd want to replace other than the screen. If the display cracks, do you just replace the entire top or what? Yeah, so it used to be that you could just replace the glass if your screen cracked. But the way they're doing it now is they glue the glass to the the display, and so you pretty much need to replace everything together, uh, which means that the repair is more expensive. As a matter of fact, five hours after the phone went on sale here in the U.S., I got an email from somebody that said, hey, I just broke my iPhone 5S, what should I do? Uh, <laughs> I think he said, I broke it already. So people break phones, you know, slips out of your hand. Uh, and right for a while, the parts are going to be expensive because you got to have both the display and the glass replaced together. So we're talking about $250 or more? Probably at least initially. Over time, the price will come down, but I would say you're starting at $250 now. And we, we don't have those parts yet, but we expect to, to have them soon. Well, I presume you go to your Apple store they would set a price for replacing the screen. Now, understand, if you buy Apple Care with it for $99, if it becomes damaged, you could replace it up to twice, and the new price is $79 each edition. So basically, just paying $99 plus $79, you've already covered one replacement of the glass. Right. If you buy Apple Care, uh, you're betting that you're going to drop your phone once or twice. But yeah, it's, it's a reasonable deal. The only time it ever happened to me was when I was at an Apple store buying a case and one of the friendly neighborhood Apple store personnel accidentally pushed it slightly. It fell on the floor and it cracked. But then <laughs> they gave me a replacement. For free. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's one of those accidents where you can definitively say that that was Apple's fault. Definitively. Okay. <laughs> Anything else in there other than a slightly larger battery that looks at all different from the iPhone 5? Yeah, so the battery's glued in. The main board is actually fairly similar to the iPhone 5S main board in terms of the layout and construction. Everything was, was pretty much what we expected. It, it is closer to the 5S in design than the 5 in terms of the internal design, which we thought was a little bit interesting. But it sort of makes sense for a next-generation display. So um, basically, they could reuse components in the two different models. Yeah, or you know, they just save design time and 
by by making them as similar as they possibly could. If you look at the teardown, you'll see the photos. We put some comparison photos of the new cameras, which are, I mean, basically the same performances as the previous one. One interesting thing is that once we pulled everything out, then we could actually take a look at the plastic case and get a feel for how it's constructed. Uh, And it's surprisingly rigid. We were kind of impressed with the durability of the case itself. So even though it's plastic, it seems to be pretty well constructed. It feels pretty solid. And in contrast, take the Galaxy S4, where you literally can crack open the case because you will to replace the battery. It comes off, and that's nowhere near as rigid. I haven't used them as much, but I think you're right. I think this might feel a little bit more solid than the S4, although I don't have bad things to say about the S4 in terms of how it feels in my hand at all. My biggest complaint about the S4 is that in sunlight, the AMOLED screen washes out completely. At least you have something to see. It's not perfect, but at least you can see something on the iPhone 5, 5S, and 5C. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I wish Samsung had a version without the AMOLED screen, because I think you're right on that. Well, it's unfortunate, though, that a lot of the reviewers don't mention that. Like Consumer Reports praises it to the skies, rates it above the iPhone, talks about what a wonderful screen, and you think they must really not get out very much. (laughs) Because if they did get out a few times, they would take it into sunlight and say, my God, the image totally disappears. Also, the auto brightness on the Samsung phone was to do it makes it just generally dimmer. Yeah. But we can talk about well, that later. We have Kyle Weens from iFixitIFixit.com tearing down the iPhone and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Eric Hamburg with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Ever wonder why billionaires like Warren Buffett, John Paulson are dumping their shares of U.S. company stocks? Do they know something we don't? No investor wants to own stocks with falling profit margins and shrinking dividends. Is it possible a 1987-style market crash is coming? Are these investors aware of a massive correction of up to 90%? Call me, Eric Hamburg, at 800-686-2237, extension 120, and find out why gold and silver are the only true safe haven. With the event-driven risks, such as volatility in the financial market and conflict in Syria and the Middle East, the sky is the limit for gold and silver. That's Eric Hamburg, 800 686-2237, extension 120, and I'll send you a, a brochure explaining why gold and silver are the only way to preserve your purchasing power. As a currency's value crumbles and gold being priced in dollars, metal's value will skyrocket. Again, that's Eric Hamburg, Midas Resources, 800-686-2237, extension 120. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. 
Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Then my real health began going downhill, and I had uh, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, poor vision, and I really wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess, pretty much. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking uh, heart and body extract, and from within a few days, I started sleeping a lot better. My blood pressure uh, normalized, my blood sugar normalized, and uh, my sleep really did improve. Experience these benefits and more when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. Folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Now, I just want to correct something, ladies and gentlemen. I am not sitting here with a bunch of parts in my lap or on my table. I am talking remotely to Kyle Waynes, who probably isn't either, because they probably just put things together. Plus, you were telling me that one of your associates in Australia did these teardowns. Yeah, so when we're setting up to do the iPhone teardown, we know we want to get it before anybody else uh, for a few reasons. One is we're just impatient to get it, but we also want to we want to beat the the news cycle and we want to let people know how repairable the product is before they they buy one at the Apple store. Since Apple puts the new phones on sale at 8 a.m. around the world, uh, 8 a.m. happens quite a bit earlier in Australia than it does in the U.S. So uh, we sent Luke, uh, who started iFixit with me and has written a bunch of the iFixit repair manuals. He went over, and he was in Melbourne, and he waited in line uh, in Melbourne and bought the phone at 3 p.m. Thursday, which is well ahead of the phone coming out at 8 a.m. Friday. Here okay, and you oh. didn't say use the force, Luke, to get that phone. We did not say that. He got both a 5C and a 5S, uh, and he spent all night Australia time taking them apart and posting the photos. And so the way that our team works is... He's remotely taking it apart, taking photos of the process. He uploads the photos to the teardown, and then the moment that we see the photo on the teardown, we start analyzing the photo, and we actually do all of our technical analysis off of the photos, just like you could do from home. Uh, And we post and update the teardown in real time as we're going. So as soon as we get the phone, we get some pictures of the inside, we post it on Twitter, and then we're editing, but we also have a bunch of community members, electrical engineers all around the world that are taking a look at the phone and helping us analyze it. 
Now, looking at the parts, and I'll ask you about the parts for the iPhone 5S later. The A6 processor, that's still being made by Samsung, right? Well, you know, I don't actually have confirmation on that. <laughs> on the A6, on the 5C, we have not uh, completely confirmed that that's still being made by Samsung. The A7 on the 5S, we were able to confirm that, but that's something we still need to do a bit more analysis. We strongly suspect that the A6 in the 5C is the same as the A6 in the, in the 5 and is, is made by Samsung, but I don't have confirmation of that yet. So much for Apple throwing out Samsung. Who's making the flash memory? Uh, flash memory, it, it depends on which phone you get. So we bought a few different phones. Um, the phone that we took the photos of the 5C on the teardown was made by Toshiba. But one of the other phones that we had was made by, uh, the Flash was made by SK Hynix. And this is generally the case with the flash memory. It's a pretty interchangeable part. And so Apple tends to buy a lot of supply from a lot of different manufacturers. Uh, it's not uncommon for us to buy four of the exact same product and see four different companies making the flash in them. And the same might be true for a Mac. The hard drive will be made by one or two of the remaining vendors. Right. Supposedly meeting the same specs, but in real life, not meeting the same specs. But <laughs> Apple never responds to that. Let's continue here. Now, other than the glue problem and the fact that you, if you want to replace the screen, you have to replace an entire unit to do it. Is there anything else about repairability we should know? Basically, it's not repairable except for the battery and the screen, really. Well, you can still get in. If you, if you bust the headphone jack or the speakers, you can get in and replace it. Um, we, so the iPhone 5 got a 7 out of 10 repair score. It did pretty darn well. The issue was the screws and, you know, a built-in battery. Uh, we downgraded the 5C to a 6 out of 10. So we knocked to the point primarily because of the adhesive on the battery. Uh, but it's still absolutely something where if you, if you have a cracked screen or you need a new battery or you bust the lightning port, you'll be able to get in and, and get it replaced. It's just not going to be quite as easy as it used to be. Understand also that if you're buying the screen from Apple and you break it, whatever you pay, they'll do it for you. So it's not as if you'll have to do it yourself. It's when you have to buy it from a third party. Okay, so that takes care of the iPhone 5C. Let's look at the iPhone 5S. And you said it is similar in terms of the logic board. What about the teardown? Sure. So the process to get in, again, you've got two screws on the bottom. Uh, they're gold-colored screws in case of the, the one that we removed. Um, now I have to go out and get gold-colored Phillips screws for our, uh, for our liberation kit. The one thing to be careful of as you're, as you're uh, popping it open is that there is a cable on the fingerprint sensor that goes directly down. So you have to be a little bit more careful as you pull it open uh, because there's one additional cable. Uh, so you crack it open, you pop off the, uh, the fingerprint sensor cable, and then the process of taking it apart is, is very, very similar to the 5C. Uh, again, adhesive gluing down the battery, so you've got to heat that up, pry the adhesive off. Uh, and then once you get the display separated, uh, you, can, you can start getting at some of the other stuff. Um, the touch sensor uh, is one of the, the you know, new interesting things. And the, the circuitry for the touch sensor is actually integrated onto the flux cable that attaches uh, to the touch sensor. And remember, he's saying flux cable, not flux capacitor. <laughs> so you can't use this to go back in time. Sorry. We did not find any flux capacitors in the 5S. But you will. 
<laughs> we will. One interesting thing about the uh, the fingerprint sensor is it's got that ring around it. That ring is is you know, anodized, the same color as as the rest of the phone. And so the service part, if you need to get a replacement touch, uh, fingerprint sensor, you actually need to get one that's the right color for your phone. Or if you felt like being clever and modding your phone, you could find some friends with different colored five five S's and swap the fingerprint sensors between them, and then you could have kind of a different colored ring on your phone. Have an exclusive iPhone for sale. And, of course, understand here, Touch ID, you cannot just take somebody's dead finger and use it. But I understand you could dust the fingerprints and then make some kind of rendering of that and do a little editing and come up with some kind of 3D print and use that. Yeah, I saw a really uh, cool video of the Chaos Computer Club out of, uh, out of Germany. I posted on Twitter earlier today. Uh, if you want to find it, I'm just at Kweens. Uh, they posted a video where they took an iPhone, they put it in a scanner so that there was a fingerprint on the screen. They put the iPhone on a scanner. They were able to pull the fingerprint off of the scan, and then they went through a process of printing it out and then uh, etching it into a PCB substrate, and then they went from that to then silicon on it, and then they were able to trick the the sensor. So uh, this is something, if you have somebody who's motivated enough, uh, they'll be able to trick the sensor, but it's going to keep casual folks out. I assume also casual crooks, because casual crooks, they want to just take this and fence it. They want to have to sit there and spend an hour or two fabricating some kind of way to break into the fingerprint sensor's capabilities. Yeah, although, I mean, maybe maybe one side effect of this is that we'll just end up with a lot of smarter criminals out there. We'll see. Well, maybe they'll find better ways. Be of course, the NSA and the FBI... They all know how to do it now. The CIA now has learned. But I assume they knew this already. They didn't have to learn it from some kind of hacker or computer club. You'd have to assume that when the CIA is busy breaking into the NSA's facilities, they're uh, you know, having to break through fingerprint sensors. I can I can imagine all these government agencies are, are busy hacking each other behind the scenes. Cause they well, that would be fun. But I'm can't. thinking just of the individuals. But the point being here is that it's not casual to defeat a fingerprint sensor. But if you have a four-code passcode... It's fairly casual to break into that. It's true. So which do you prefer? Would you prefer something that someone has to spend an hour or two building a fabrication based on a 3D print of a fingerprint? Or would you rather have somebody just sit there and type algorithms and figure it out for you? I go for the fingerprint sensor anytime. But at least you have it, as opposed to not having that level of security. And I'll tell you what, we have this. A lot more coming. I'm Gene Steinberg with Kyle Weens of iFixit on the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Neighbors, I think you know that I have to do a lot of reading to prepare for my shows for the Tech Night Owl Live and, of course, the Paracast. I can't just sit down and read a book. A lot of times I have to get an audio book from audible.com. You know, that's the leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. And you could listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. So, for example, very recently I've been listening once again to the authorized biography, Steve Jobs, by Walter Isaacson. Of course, you remember that great comment that Steve Jobs made that he had cracked the code of building the greatest TV interface ever. Audible has it. With over 100,000 titles 
of virtually every genre, you'll find just what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today. Sign up at www.audiblepodcast.com slash technighthow. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a Vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective alternative and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com, and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we're tearing them down. First, we start with the iPhone 5C. Somewhat different than the iPhone 5 in the sense of being a little more difficult to fix, unfortunately. And then we have the 5S, which is kind of similar, very similar to the iPhone 5C. And now we look at the processor. 
And even though you're not sure who built the processor on the 5C, on the 5S, the ones you check were Samsung. How did you determine that? Is there a big Samsung logo hidden somewhere? <laughs> That's a really good question. There is no Samsung logo at all. It is actually a massive amount of work to figure out who made the A7. Uh, so let me walk you through the process. Um, we got the, the, our phone first in Melbourne, and we took a look, and, and we didn't have any lab equipment with us. We just had cameras. So we're looking at it. We look at all the numbers on the top of the chip, and we try to see if we can decode that. Uh, and we weren't able to decode anything off of off the numbers on top of it. Where in the past, sometimes there's Samsung-specific numbers that we can tell. In this case, it wasn't obvious. So we go to stage two. And stage two is our friends in Ottawa. There's a, a little company called Chipworks up there. And they have a, uh, a laboratory where they take chips apart for a living. So what they do is they actually take the chip and they grind off a layer at a time of the chip. And these are like micron-thick layers they're grinding off slowly and then they start taking pictures of it they're first with microscopes and then eventually with an electron microscope where they're looking at the individual transistors inside the a7 processor when i say we're looking at individual transistors remember apple said that there are a billion transistors inside the new a7 and we're going to take a picture of just a couple of and and so we get down to the level and we're looking at you know extremely small thicknesses and we we want to see exactly how far apart the individual transistors are because that's going to tell us what sort of uh, process node those are manufactured on or what sort of equipment they're using to make it. And then we can compare what those look like and the distances between those transistors to other chips that they've disassembled that come from factories that we know about. And so what they were able to do is look, and it's basically a fingerprint of the chip inside it, and we're comparing that to chips from, from other factories, and we were able to find a match and, and determine that the A7 was made by Samsung at a factory in Texas. So much for stories that Apple has gone elsewhere, or maybe they will later on. Maybe they will later on. I mean, there continues to be this rumor that Apple wants to, wants to make their processors with Taiwan Semiconductor. Uh, but we just have not seen, uh, we haven't seen any Apple parts made by them yet. So we continue to watch and wait. And in the meantime, Samsung is in the position of making the vast majority of the smartphone processors on the market. So now Samsung knows about 64-bit. But they knew it anyway because ARM already had perfected that processor architecture. Right. Yeah, Apple doesn't design these processors completely from scratch. They license uh, most of the intellectual property from ARM, and then they customize it. Apple is just the first that took ARM's 64-bit uh, mobile phone processor design and put it into a phone. Uh, and anybody could have done it, but Apple was the first. And Apple, not as with difficulty as other operating systems, made iOS 7 64-bit. They've done that before with OS 10, so it's not like it's difficult for them. But making Android 64-bit is not going to be near as easy because they've got that middle layer the middleware from Oracle, the Java middleware, which has to also be 64-bit, right? Yeah, I think that the transition is going to be harder for Android. Where for, for Apple, they're looking at it saying, finally, we can move our entire stack, both for OS X and iOS, onto 64-bit, and we don't have to worry about legacy 32-bit anymore. Uh, I think, I think uh, Google is going to have a harder path ahead with, with Android getting them to 64-bit. You know, I, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I think, I think it's going to be a many year. I mean, it's going to be a few year process for Apple, but it might be even longer than that for Android. Assuming Google cares to make that investment, that's another story here. I mean, 
right now, they're not making a big deal about Android 4.4 KitKat, which is, I got to be the most foolish name on the planet. I don't want to get into that. It's interesting. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so the iPhone 5C, the iPhone 5S, they both get a rating of six on the repairability scale. Yeah, so the, the, these phones are kind of middle of the road in terms of repairability. Uh, if you're a service tech, you're going to be able to continue to repair these phones fine. Uh, if you're if you're DIYer, you can do it. It's just going to take a little bit of additional heat. Um, and you know, so I'm expecting that this phone is going to help us sell a whole lot more of our eye openers for heating these things up. But outside of Apple trying to trying to you know give me a whole lot more business, uh, I think it's a bit of a shame that they're making it harder to get into this thing for for no particularly good reason. Let's go back to the competition briefly, Kyle. Sure. In the remaining segment and a half here. Okay, so obviously the Samsung smartphone du jour. The one that has gotten most of the publicity, of course, is the Galaxy S4. Now, we know how to take the back off, but on a repairability scale, what's involved? How difficult is it? Sure. The Galaxy S4 is uh, pretty darn easy to get into. So uh, of all the phones that we have ever taken apart, it scored the second highest. Uh, we, we gave it an 8 out of 10. The battery is easy to replace. Getting inside uses standardized, uh, standardized tools. It's fairly straightforward to get inside. The only real point that we had against the Galaxy S4 was that, uh, similar to the iPhone 5S, the uh, glass and the screen are fused together, so you have to replace the whole thing together. Uh, but overall, we gave the S4 uh, pretty darn good marks. It's similar to, I mean, the, the Galaxy S3 also also got an 8. I mean, the, the S3 and the S4 in terms of disassembly are pretty much the same thing. And I mean, they're two of the best-selling phones ever. Uh, certainly up there with with the iPhones in terms of of being very, very popular phones. All right. The S4 and the S3, are they pretty similar inside? Yeah, they're very, very similar inside. Uh, We we called the S4 the Galaxy S3 II. Uh, it's it's pretty much the same thing, just like like the, the 5S isn't really all that different from the 5. Other than, of course, having to use glue. Now, back to the 5C and the 5S. They both have larger batteries than the 5, and the S has slightly larger batteries than the C, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, and I think in tests, people are saying that the, the 5S is doing a little bit worse than the 5 in terms of performance. And I have a feeling that just looking at, at the circuitry and how far they push the A7, I think the 5S is going to get quite a bit hotter than the 5. Uh, we'll see. One thing we noticed on some of the... Uh, shielding inside is that there were actually perforations on them to allow better airflow off some of the chips. So I think they are looking at some thermal management issues on there. Uh, And one interesting thing about a phone that gets hot is, in addition to maybe being uncomfortable, maybe not, we'll see with the 5S, but the the warmer your phone is, the uh, sooner your battery degrades. So these these batteries in, in all the iPhones are rated at about 400 charges. So if you use your phone every day or you charge it up completely every day, your battery's going to last about a year. Uh, the hotter it is, or the, the, the faster it burns through that, uh, it, could, it could even be a little bit sooner than that. Uh, Let me just give you some information here. This is from Jim Galbraith at Macworld Magazine. Just went up. He found the 5S having a battery that lasted longer. They use a looping video. And they tested the Samsung Galaxy S4, HTC One, iPhone 4S, iPhone 5, 5C, and S, okay? So, mm-hmm. well, you know, this is Jim and his stopwatch. 
So he came out with this on the looping video. Samsung Galaxy S4, seven hours and one minute. HTC One, six hours and 44 minutes. iPhone 4S, eight hours and 31 minutes. iPhone 5, nine hours, 37 minutes. And listen to this. iPhone 5C, 10 hours and 19 minutes. iPhone 5S, 11 hours and three minutes. So his conclusion, obviously, is that the new iPhones actually provide somewhat better battery life than their immediate predecessors. And he also confirmed what I observed, even though most of the reviews don't say that, the Galaxy S4's battery life is decidedly mediocre. And it doesn't take very much to make that thing churn through the battery really fast. You know, so obviously everybody's test is going to be different, but this is what Macworld found, just for your information. We got Kyle Weens at iFixit. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com You're the kind of person who makes smart choices and is always prepared. That's why the PrepMart.com is perfect for you. Cook a great backyard meal with steam in about an hour with the Can Cooker Junior. Normally $74, on sale now for just $64.95. It's great for camping in emergencies. And batteries are on sale, up to 10% off our low prices. Right now at theprepmart.com. Great customer service you can trust. Get prepared at theprepmart.com. That's theprepmart.com. What if you had a witness everywhere you drive? Now you can with VideoDashCam.com. From truckers to motorcyclists, the handy Video Dash Cam can be used for insurance claims, accidents, police encounters, road rage, or natural disasters. Has instant screen playback and optional night vision. Get the best quality, affordable HD Dash cameras available at VideoDashCam.com. That's VideoDashCam.com. Or call 855-855-2022. Always have a witness with Video Dash Cam. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter 
matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Hi, my name is DeRay, suffering from migraines, having Botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain, costing $1,500 out of my pocket. I discovered Dr. Ortman and Gentle Touch Chiropractic Adjustment called Nuka. I'm migraine-free since my first adjustment. Thanks for giving me my life back, Dr. Ortman. I wish they prescribed you instead of Botox. Thanks, DeRay. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution. We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle, actually absorb, providing nutrients, targeting the problem area. Between Nuka and Nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drwartman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124. Or on the web at drortman.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Okay, one more segment with Kyle Weens of iFixit.com. And we have been going into the teardowns of the iPhone 5C and 5S, number six on a 10 Richter scale. The Samsung Galaxy S4 being very easy to fix, partly because it's easy to open up. Just pop the case open, for better or worse. What about the HTC One? How is that to fix? The HTC One is far and away the absolute worst phone we have ever taken apart. And sales don't help it either. (laughs) <laughs> sales aren't really helping it either. Uh, the HTC One, um, they they wanted to go as thin as possible, and they said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna copy Apple's playbook." And the HTC One uh, is basically, if if you're to take the iPad's design and turn it into a cell phone, that's what they did with the HTC One. Uh, they glued the whole thing together from back to front. Uh, it's not really viable to get in and replace the battery. And honestly, I don't even think it's possible to recycle that cell phone. It's that bad. So. Uh, we were, we were, uh, actually we started the teardown, I think mid afternoon and we were all planning on being done and going out to dinner together. And we ended up being here in our lab, trying to take the darn thing apart until about nine o'clock at night. It just took forever for us to get that phone apart. And so, you're a professional teardown artist. <laughs> we are. And I mean, we're trying to get it apart without damaging it so we can take pretty pictures for all of you. So hopefully a, a repair tech would be able to go faster, but I don't even know that the repair tech would bother with the HTC One. It's it's that bad. So I really see a product like that that has a, a battery with with a you know assembly. The HTC One's battery is going to last around 400 charges. I think after that, it's a throwaway product, uh, and that's I think really a, a shame and a travesty and uh, something that we hope that uh, we don't see products like that from that company in the future because we continue to struggle when we see products like that now. The iPad Mini is is designed uh, to be kind of similar to that, which is which is unfortunate. And we're really hoping that Apple uh, switches around with the next iPad to, to something that's that's easier to repair and easier to recycle. 
We'll see in the next generation, or maybe they'll just make it more difficult. Just to spite you, Kyle. <laughs> just to spite me. I, yeah, that's exactly why Johnny designs phones the way he does. Is he, he, I know he's thinking of, of me and our teardown team. I, I do, you know, one thing that we appreciate is that the internals of Apple's devices continue to be gorgeous. They continue to be beautiful. And uh, they're generally much better to look at inside. Like if I were to, to do a like internals aesthetic comparison, Apple's products are consistently uh, more beautifully designed on the inside than their competitors. And, and so even if I'm going to rate the Galaxy S4 higher than the iPhone, the iPhone is certainly uh, prettier and, and maybe more interesting to look at inside. It's also possible to look at the iPhone 5 in sunlight. The Samsung Galaxy S4 is useless in sunlight. It's true. And then the brightness sensor on neither of them works at all. Now, I, I don't understand why it's impossible for people to make a brightness sensor that works. Well, Apple's figured it out. It doesn't work on mine. It I've works on mine. Yeah, it Maybe. works on mine pretty decently. You know, I, I, let's put it this way. I have a 5C here, which I got the day of release. I set it once. I've never had reason to change it. Light, dark, sunlight, no reason to change it. Not at all. With a Samsung Galaxy S3 or S4, you tap the auto brightness function, it just gets dimmer. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand what they're doing. Nor, you know, there's another thing too. We have this incredibly powerful processor on the S4. But if you just basically slide down a text on a web page or something, up and down, the text thickens. And it's not like a smooth motion. It's like, you know, it's like, Tiny right. jerky motion. Whereas Apple, even with the 5C, which is supposedly like half the speed of the S4 from Samsung, it's smooth. You don't see this thickening. You don't see anything like that. It's like with the Android platform, it's like they're using brute force to beat that thing into submission. Yeah, I, I, I do think that you know, complete fluidity, having a really buttery, smooth user interface is still something that, that Apple has consistently nailed. And Android, I mean, they've gotten a whole lot better than they used to be, but it is still hit and miss and inconsistent and nowhere near where it needs to be. Well, I think I look at Android, and I understand a lot of people have Android phones. Obviously, more people have Android phones than iOS phones. But it looks like it was built by a committee that didn't always talk to each other and it was assembled that way. So it's got a raggedness and a lack of vision. Whereas we know, even though there are some ragged edges with iOS 7, admittedly, and a few bugs, that it has a centralized focus. It's the vision of one guy, as we know. And this one guy said, thou shalt do this, and they did it, for better or worse. Right. And, and I, uh, it, it continues to be compelling. I just wish that we could convince that one guy to design a phone that would last a bit longer, that would have a battery that was a bit easier to replace. So maybe if all of us stand up and say, hey, hey, Tim and Johnny, like we love your products, but you got to make them more repairable. Uh, maybe we'll have an impact. Just to ask about replacing batteries, new MacBook Air. Yeah, you've got almost all day battery life and then some. If right. I had to replace the battery on a MacBook Air, if I had to replace the battery, what would I have to do? 
Sure. So on the MacBook Airs, it's pretty straightforward to replace the battery. There is a five-point pentalobe screw, so you have to have the MacBook Air screwdriver, uh, you know, which we sell and you can get elsewhere. Once you have that screwdriver, it's pretty darn straightforward. You pop the bottom case off, and then you can get the battery. You unplug it; it comes right out. That's the MacBook Air. The traditional MacBook Pros, so the the ones with with a, a spinning hard drive, those are also very easy to get in and replace the battery. The Retina MacBook Pros are completely impossible to replace the battery uh, and and are effectively disposable products. So I could never, ever recommend a Retina MacBook Pro to anyone, uh, which is a real shame. But the other products, the Air and the the traditional MacBook Pro are are fantastic uh, products, and it's pretty darn straightforward to get in and replace the battery. Doesn't Apple have a program where you bring it in and they'll replace the battery for you? They do. They have a $129 program. So if you're willing to part with your, your computer and let Apple's technicians uh, uh, paw through it, then, uh, then they'll do it on the Retina. And what's interesting when they, they do that battery replacement program, they're basically replacing a third of the computer. They replace your keyboard and the uppercase of the computer and the battery altogether. They're not really able to separate the battery from the uppercase. It requires some kind of factory process, so they just send it back to the factory for recycling. Uh, yeah, for recycling. And then I have no idea if or how they're recycling those because you can't send the whole thing through the shredder. Uh, the batteries actually explode if you run them through a shredder, so they have to separate the batteries from everything else. Maybe they have a process where they just rebuild it and put it out into the chain again. Because usually when you get a replacement part like that, it's going to be recycled anyway, isn't it? It's going to be a refurbished. Yeah, maybe they do. I mean, hopefully they do. Uh, it would certainly make sense for them to do that. I can tell you that if they do have a program like that, none of the independent recyclers out there have access to any of that tooling or information. I was, I was last week, I was at a big electronic recycler conference in Florida, and all of those recyclers are saying, hey, when we start seeing these Retina MacBook Pros, we have no idea what we're going to do because we don't think they're really possible to recycle. So Apple has not done a very good job. Even if they do have some recycling process for the material that they're getting, uh, everybody else doesn't really know how to handle it. Uh, and uh, they're not out there educating recyclers on how to handle these very sophisticated new products. Well, we do know that Apple this year released a 2013 MacBook Air. They just released the iMac, which is basically last year's iMac with internal changes. So it is as much of a chore to repair that. I assume you'll find out if there are any improvements when you have a chance to tear them down, Kyle. But now they have not yet released updates to the traditional MacBook or the MacBook Pro. So I guess it could be this vain hope that Apple will consider this and in the next generation of these products make them a little easier to service and recycle. I really hope so, or I just hope they continue to update the traditional MacBook Pro. I mean, I've got mine. I have a 750-gig hard drive and an 80-gig SSD in mine. Uh, I absolutely love it. I, you know, it's pumped out with 8 gigs of RAM. I don't, I don't have any desire for the, for the Retina product. I really like being able to upgrade my hard drive. So I'd just like to see you know, the, the traditional MacBook Pro with, with you know, updated processor and graphics next year. I do hope they do it. Well, you know, supposedly we'd see it this year, wouldn't we? Because we all have the other, the MacBook Air and the iMac are updated. So then we'll see the Mac Mini. And then, of course, we're waiting for the Mac Pro. And then maybe we will see the MacBook Pro and MacBook Pro with Retina display. There are some people claiming that Apple is never going to update the regular MacBook. I hope they are wrong. I really do. Kyle Weens, tell our listeners where they can find more of the things that you do. 
So you can find us at ifixit.com. Our teardowns for the 5C and the 5S are online. And then if you want to get in and follow along in our footsteps and take apart your products, uh, we have lots of tools and parts to help you do it. Okay, that's a way to live. You want to get all those crazy screws and screwdrivers? Kyle has them. Kyle Weens, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me on. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy viruses products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. And we're going to give you our typical reality check. We're going to dispel the myths. In fact, I have an article where I call it Welcome to the Bozosphere, because of all the bozos out there claiming to be industry and financial analysts, and every single time getting everything wrong. So here's an interesting story I'm reading. Apple announces the sale of 9 million iPhones in three days, okay, compared to last year when it was 5 million. Now, last year it wasn't good enough. This year, some commentators, Dan, are saying that 9 million is bad. Why is it bad? Well, they didn't say it was bad. They said it was probably not really what actually happened. It was probably what they actually predicted, around 5 million, and the rest was 
channel though. I mean, they, they came up with this idea that the number of was padded. I mean, they basically said Apple lied because Apple hasn't changed the way it reports its numbers. There were some, some differences in this year and how it was launched because there were two new models instead of one. And there were additional carriers. And there were some other changes, but none of that was a surprise. All the analysts that offered uh, guidance of, of how many iPhones they thought Apple would sell knew all the variables that had changed. And they, they guessed based on was all public information. There wasn't anything that was changed at last minute that they didn't know about. But it turned out that Apple sold a lot more devices than anybody had estimated. What bothers me, Dan, is you're saying they're stuffing the channel. Okay, consider this. If you wanted to buy an iPhone 5S, you maybe had, what, a 50-50 chance of getting one. If Apple's stuffing the channel, they would have had enough iPhone 5Ss to go around. Yeah, it was it was pretty transparent in terms of, you know, trying trying to say we're sort of surprised, but actually there's a lot of context here that we can we can put in to make it look like we weren't actually wrong. So yeah, it was it was it was just a little bit CYA. And then what what really I thought was bizarre was everyone was quoting Gene Munster with this logic uncritically. I mean, just oh, according to this guy who has been watching Apple for a long time, blah, blah. This is it's not really, we can't really trust what Apple's saying because it's it's all infill. And, you know, using all this jargon of, of, of kind of cloud and mirrors, smoke and mirrors, that was kind of a, that was the most annoying thing to me. It was like, oh, come on. Tell our listeners about Gene Munster because he's not, by the way, a piece of cheese because I think of Munster and I, well, oh. anyway. Explain to our listeners who this guy is, because he's not a household name necessarily. Well, um, Gene Munster is one of you know several kind of prominent analysts that just tries to describe for their clients what Apple's going to do next. And in general terms, um, he's he's been wrong about some things in, in kind of. Uh, prominent ways like you know the joke is that he was always saying that apple was going to come out with his television and that's happened for years and years and years and apple's has not sold a television and uh he just can't keeps bumping this prediction down the road but in a lot of ways he has been accurate and in terms of you know analysts do a lot of calculation they do a lot of modeling to try to figure out how many exact millions of macs and iphones and ipads that Apple's going to sell and in a lot of kind of general terms, they do get pretty close. It's, it's pretty amazing how close they are to be able to figure out, you know, within a ballpark. Um, you know, that's their job, and they're trying to figure it out. And sometimes they're, um, they're surprised, and sometimes they guess way too high. And kind of going into the last, particularly in the last year, kind of culminating in, you know, a year ago, Apple stock price hit 700 On part of that was fueled it wasn't like an unrealistic stock price. It was Apple was doing really well. And a lot of analysts were saying, oh, well, what they're saying they're going to do is conservative because they keep, they keep saying we're going to do this and they keep beating it because Apple was reliably giving its own guidance going forward saying, we know we can do this. And then they would surpass it. And so analysts got into that and think, well, we know Apple's going to surpass what they're saying because they're somewhat 
conservative in their guidance. They don't, you know, give sky high numbers and aren't able to to do it. So we're going to guess that they're going to do much more than what they're saying. And so that went on to the point where the market was anticipating Apple to do far more than it was actually likely to do, or even what it said it was going to do. And when Apple wasn't able to jump through their hoop, you know, held way over their head, then, you know, the market in general would say, oh, Apple missed expectations. And it was severely punished with downgrades and, and things that drove investors and, and spooked investors out, starting particularly last year when I said, you know, when the stock price was something like 700 and it went down to almost half. I mean, it was down to the low or the high 300s. So that uh, prompted a response from Apple where it was saying, hey, you, don't, you know, our conservative, our guidance has been conservative. We're going to try to be more realistic, but don't jump too high. You know, don't expect just crazy stuff. Expect the, what, what you should expect because we're doing better than the rest of the industry. Well, what's happened here is I guess they became drunk with power. They said, well, Apple is going to beat estimates, so we will raise the estimates. Not thinking that you can't have estimates based on unrealistic factors. Well, I mean, part of it is just kind of exuberance. I saw the same thing in you know the dot-com era around 2000 when it wasn't just analysts. It was kind of normal people who were entering the stock market for the first time, and they were buying things like Amazon and uh, other stocks that they knew of as companies, and they knew that they were related to the Internet. And there was just this kind of mass hysteria that was driving these prices up. And it was really crazy. You could see people that had made a lot of money on this, you know, internet stocks, and they were really high. And you were thinking, this is crazy. It's not, it's not going to be like this forever. This is not sustainable. And people were just kind of like, oh, of course it is. It's the new world. It's the internet. The stocks go up by crazy amounts. And this is how you make money. So you just put all your money in the stock market. But then, you know, within a year, all those stocks collapsed. When you see... It's like human nature. When you see two points on a line, our brains are just wired to think, oh, well, this is just going to continue forever. And we don't always have that kind of critical, is this really true? Is this an anomaly? So part of it is just we like to, we like to believe things that are happening. If we see any shred of evidence, it's just like, oh, yeah, well, this is unquestionable. And that's like, that's the problem I have with the media is that any shred of data is not, this is something that could mean this or could mean that. It's just like, oh, this said this, so boom. It's going to be like that forever. We have, we have a fact, we have an analyst, we have something. Let's just run with it and make headlines. And when they get everything wrong, well, they try to make excuses, and that's what bothers me about this. Okay, Apple did better than they expected. And there's another argument, too, over the percentage of iPhone 5S versus 5C. But we'll get into that in a moment. Okay, so the critics get it wrong, and Apple reports a different figure, and they decide there either has to be something wrong with that, but they could not have misjudged Apple. And last year, for example, they came out with the suggestion that the iPhone 5 would sell up to 10 million copies the first weekend. They had no idea how many Apple could produce. Not a clue. And Apple announces, we sold 5 million, we could have sold more if more were available. 
And obviously that had to be the case because just like this year, if you didn't order right away, you had to sit there and wait weeks to get one. So obviously Apple was selling them out. And of course you can't believe that maybe Apple is holding them back in the channel to look good in PR announcements because these things come out towards the end of the quarter. So if you hold them out and you don't sell them in that quarter, it means you lose sales. You don't do as good. That doesn't make sense. doesn't pass a logic test. We've got more logic to present to you from Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Hello, I'm Steve Shank. Everybody's heard the statement that what you don't know can't hurt you. But truth is, what you don't know is the only thing that can hurt you. For example, you might not know how our country's wars can hurt you. Japanese radiation and the Gulf oil spill are destroying your seafood. People don't understand how America's 50-year worst drought is hurting them. Our natural disaster experience has proven relief organizations can't take care of the victims. And there's the huge question of how the government will feed all the people that it's promised to feed with no no food. What if we made the whole country into one big neighborhood where we take care of each other by taking care of ourselves? Here's the plan. For every new EPAC 60-day food supply that you order, eFoods Direct will send a 7-day food supply to each of two families in your name, free of charge. Go to eFoodsDirect.com or call 800-876-0871. 800-876-0871. eFoodsDirect.com. 
It's time to get healthy, and your first step towards a healthy lifestyle begins at the Healthy Living Expo, Saturday and Sunday, September 28th and 29th at the Music City Center in Nashville. Get your free tickets at thehealthylivingexpo.com and join us for Tennessee's most comprehensive health, fitness, and nutrition expo. There's over 100 exhibits with information and services to help create a healthier life. Also, more than 25 health screenings, cooking demos, and the latest fitness trends. Plus, visit the Young Booth. Get free tickets at thehealthylivingexpo.com. There's prizes all day on the stages and at the booths, like fitness memberships to an area health club every hour. The Healthy Living Expo, September 28th and 29th at the Music City Center, Nashville. Get free tickets for yourself, your family, your friends, and everyone you know at thehealthylivingexpo.com. Get to the website now, because tickets are $10 at the door. The Healthy Living Expo, your first step towards a healthy lifestyle. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. With Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider, I think we're talking here about the standard that Apple is judged by, which is standard A, and everybody else is judged by standard B, C, and D, right? Well, there is a real difference in what people expect and how people react to news. I mean, you know, just in the last year, the way people have responded to Apple's launches is markedly different than the way that people responded to Samsung's launches and what they expect from that. And there's been a handicapping of Android for since it began. It was it kind of was started out as being, you know, this this runner up kind of rebel operating system that deserves some more attention. And so it was giving getting a lot more attention than it was sort of had like the, the market chops to demand. But that sort of shifted over the last couple of years when Samsung has uh, been outselling Apple in devices, in, in total shipments, but certainly not in profit because Samsung makes profit margins that are less than half what Apple does. So they can ship a lot of phones, and if they're not operationally as competent, they're not making nearly as much money. That's, I mean, we see that in, in a lot of areas. You know, there's car makers, you know, luxury brands that sell a very small number of vehicles, but they make money on them and there's other brands that make tons of vehicles that are all the cabs and all the you know fleets of vehicles in corporate settings and all across you know the middle of the country it's like that's what people are driving yet they're almost running out of business because they're not following the same model now if you compare apple with samsung there's much less difference in how um like the price difference of their products Apple and Samsung both make sort of iPhone class phones that are in the same price range. I think Samsung does a lot more discounting. But in in the last couple of years, there's been a, sort of a, the sort of grading on a curve that Android has always got has kind of gone over the top. So where everything that Samsung does is, it's kind of like the shining knight of saving Android. And everything Samsung does is reported with just unbridled 
unchecked sort of excitement. And everything Apple does is like, hmm, how could this be bad news? And so this is, the launch example is a good example of that, because when Samsung launched its own flagship phone in the spring, the way that people talked about it made it sound like it was a bigger launch than the iPhone. It was like, this is the new thing. This is the next best thing or whatever they refer to. But in reality, it's not at all. Samsung sells more overall phones, but of the you know iPhone class phones that it sells is smaller than Apple. Okay, just look at the Galaxy S4. Am I correct? It took 28 days to sell 10 million of them, right? No, it took that long to ship that many. Okay, we don't know how many they really sold. So three weeks after launch, it wasn't like three days after launch like Apple. Remember when when Apple did pre-orders, people were saying, hey, wait a minute, they didn't announce how many iPhone 5Cs they've sold, so this is bad news. They should have said this. And that's not really how it works. But when they did announce sales, three <laughs> three days after it went on sale, they announced this blockbuster number, and everybody's like, hmm, well, you have to think about the context. This could be bad news. And there was just a disgorging of, oh, this is like scary stuff. In Samsung's case, people were just assuming the best. This is going to be the biggest launch ever, even though the launch itself is kind of bizarre. It was like weird circus, very much sexist kind of 50s sort of marketing. It was bizarre. But Yeah, it, kind of bizarre is like the understatement of the century. Yeah, and that's kind of typical for Samsung. And that's like how they do stuff. Their latest launch, the thing in Germany, man, it was just like so bizarre and fascist. Just this huge, like, like we are the most amazing thing in the world. It was like Zoolander or something. It was just bizarre. You know, people are starting to to notice that. It's like, this is kind of weird. But afterward, the launches, if you look at their launch numbers, like you were saying, it was it was three weeks after the launch. They didn't say, we have sold this many devices. They said, we are confident by the end of this month, or the, you know, by next week, which you're saying like it was 28 days after launch, that we will have shipped 10 million of these. It's our fastest launch ever. And so it was reported, this is the fastest launch ever, you know, in, in small letters of Samsung. And small letters, folks. And it was like, wow, this is an amazing launch. It's getting off to a great start. They've shipped 10 million to stores. And they then predicted, I mean, like a number of analysts are predicting that Samsung, it was kind of similar. It was kind of a carbon copy of what happened to Apple the year before. There started to be this exuberance about, hey, they're just going to like steamroll Apple and keep going. They're going to be the new Apple. And so the next month, they expected another, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they had, they were expecting that, that launch pace to just continue. And they're going to be 50 million, 20 million. You're just going to steamroll. And it turns out that no, they shipped that many. And then the next month, they shipped a little bit less than they said that they were planning to ship. And then the next month, they said, oh, we actually made less money than we were expecting to make. And going forward, analysts started jumping on Samsung about a number of things. Good for them. How this wasn't going to sell as much as what they expected. And then additionally saying, you know, people were talking about what an amazing phone this was, and you lay it down, and you can, like, put your hand over it and turn the page kind of stuff. They started dogpiling on the features. And all of a sudden, you start hearing the story of, this is not really that amazing of a phone. It's, like, not capturing people's attention. And it's just interesting to hear the shift of, you know, when hype turns into hate, because that's what it does. It doesn't just like, it's like a wave that, that hits you from the front and then it just pushes you down. That's just how, how the market 
works for some reason. It's just like people, it's, it's just like celebrities. You know, everybody loves celebrities until there's something to hate about them. And then they just push their face in the dirt, stomp on their head. You know, like Mel Gibson happens to get drunk and says something dumb. You know, he gets into a dispute with his girlfriend and he gets a little too eager. We understand the guy has an anger management problem, probably. But that destroyed his career completely, although there are probably a lot of performers in Hollywood who have far worse habits, far worse problems, but they don't get something on the front page and you don't hear about those problems. At least with Samsung, consider also when you look at their profits, they're not just selling personal computers and smartphones and something. They're selling personal computers, smartphones, TV sets, Blu-ray players, refrigerators, gas ranges, electric ranges. They're selling, you know, what, a thousand different categories of product plus chips that other companies buy. And at the end of the day, they still make fewer profits than Apple after selling all that stuff. Talk about efficiency or lack thereof. Well, Samsung Electronics does, does have a lot of different businesses. One of their segments is very similar to what Apple does. So if you, if you take out the chip fab business and the appliances and things like that, um, they have a, they call it mobile, but it, it's basically everything Apple does. So its majority of, is their smartphones, but they also sell a variety of products that are just like Apple's. You know, they have computers and netbooks and and tablets, of course, but we'll get into more of this in a moment. Daniel Aaron Dilger joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Curious about what comes next? Next is the feeling of vulnerability you get after you arrive home to discover your house has been ransacked by burglars. Fool the bad guys with a new improved fake TV. You asked for it, we listened, and we made our new fake TV three times brighter than our previous model. The brightness of our new fake TV is equivalent to a 40-inch TV. It simulates the color and motion of a real TV while you're away from home. And when burglars think someone is home watching television, they're likely to pass your house and move on to an easier target. The new, brighter Fake TV is only $39.95 and includes free shipping. Go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. 
Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Every day, more and more people are feeling better than they've felt in years by going gluten-free. Now it's your chance to learn how it can change your life. The third annual Gluten-Free Living Now Expo comes to the fountains in Carmel, Indiana, Saturday, October 5th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Discover the world of gluten-free living with 100 vendors showcasing and selling the latest gluten-free products. Get vital information with lectures on celiac disease, gluten sensitivity, and the gluten-free diet. And with the gluten-free cooking and baking, demos you'll learn gluten-free can still be delicious there's a kids corner sponsored by sean and there's even a gluten-free beer and alcohol garden the gluten-free living now expo it's everything you need to know about being gluten-free saturday october 5th at the fountains in carmel indiana admission is free for kids 12 and under and just ten dollars for adults for more visit glutenfreelivingnow.org and follow us on facebook or twitter sponsored by kroger nature's farm mutino Hooties, living without magazine and longevity Every time you eat a cooked food, your body responds by producing an increase in circulating white blood cells. This happens because nature designed us to eat food that is undamaged at the molecular level. When we heat food to normal cooking temperatures, we change the shape of the molecules into shapes the body cannot use. The body now looks at them as toxins and allergens. In an effort to protect itself from this irritant, the body intelligently increases the amount of circulating white blood cells to act as garbage collectors. The white blood cells gobble up all the unusable damaged food particles to neutralize their cell-damaging properties. This puts stress on your organs of elimination, and your body is subject to cell damage and inflammation. If you'd like to start experiencing the benefits of undamaged protein in your diet, give One World Way a try. It is a truly undamaged protein powder that will thrill your tastes and every cell of your body. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWHEY.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. With Daniel Arundel, we're of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. We're kind of looking over the myths. Now, we only have two segments left this week, so I want to kind of move to other subjects here. About the criticisms. So, for example, we have every little thing that Apple added to the iPhone 5S wasn't good enough. 64-bit, for example. You need more than 4 gigabytes of RAM to make that work. But, of course, that's not true. It's based on a brand-new architecture that's much more efficient. Um, I may be wrong. I'm, 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 I think this is correct. But the existing 32-bit chips and the new 64-bit chip, I think they have the same 48-bit address space. So that hasn't actually changed. So when people talk about memory, it's either incredibly wrong or it's just, like, not correct. But when somebody says 4 gigabytes, blah, 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 64-bit, that means that they're talking about something that is a different subject than 64-bit ARM on the iPhone 5S. That's kind of a clue tip-off. And it's interesting that, you know, there was such a sort of like a number of people that were just scathing in their contempt for 64-bit. And it's interesting because there's an awful lot of things that have changed in the new chip that Apple came out with, the A7. There's an awful lot of features in it. It's like this huge jump in technology which is pretty amazing because it, they just came out with a new chip last year that had a whole new design. So they were designing two 
major new architectural leaps at the same time. And it wouldn't be surprising if they come out with another another one very shortly. But um, why do you say that? Well, they're coming out with the iPad, and I, historically they have created an alternate, you know, the A5X and the A6X. So if there's an A7X, it could make the one that looks in the iPhone look like it was designed for a phone. Because remember when the A7 came out, everyone was saying, oh, this doesn't even matter in the phone. The phone doesn't need this much power. But, you know, maybe in the iPad or maybe they'll, they'll put it in a Mac or something. But historically, Apple's had an alternate chip for the iPad. Also, to bear in mind, too, with the A7, Apple says up to two times faster. And if you look at the benchmarks, I see it, you know, one and a half times, two times, 2.4 times faster. They're right. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, in previous generations of iPhones, the, the benchmarks have always been like 200% more for, for CPU. And, you know, graphics are even making faster leaps. But in a lot of cases, you know, you look at your phone and if you go back a couple of generations, like if you pull a, you know, if you look at an iPhone 4 at this point, it feels like a little bit slow. But when the iPhone 4 was out, it felt really fast because you're comparing it against, you know, like an iPhone 3G or the original iPhone. Um, but current models of iPhones don't really feel leggy and slow because there's a lot of tricks that iOS does to make the interface feel faster than it actually is. I mean, that's the whole point of the iPad is that it has it runs on a chip that's much slower than a computer, but it what it does is very streamlined so that it doesn't feel slow. If you tried to make an iPad run OS 10, it would really be slow. It'd be like the Surface running Windows. Oh, that's- yes, there is a computer like that. Yeah, so I mean that's that's what Apple did is they solved the problem by changing the the intent of what they were trying to do. And that's been a really successful strategy. So when you look at um like the the progress that's going on with ARM, it's enabling a lot of new things. And you know, it was originally the iPad that was that was one of the things that it enabled because it gave Apple the ability to deliver this device that was still really fast even though it was kind of doing more and had more screen real estate than a, than a mobile device typically had. But in, in all these different cases, people who are, you know, when you're using an iPhone, there's, there's a, usually a couple things you're like, man, I wish this was, would be better. And I wish this would be better. And speed hasn't really been at the top of people's list. And if you look at what people were saying about the iPhone over the last seven years, six years, it was originally things like, I wish this could do MMS. I wish this could do, um, you know, like the original one. I wish this could film movies. I wish this took better pictures. And so the things Apple has, has been fixing are those things. And having a faster processor usually enables those types of things. So one of the biggest things in the A7 is that it includes support for doing camera functions that are kind of on the level of a point-and-shoot camera because a lot of i mean all the point-and-shoot cameras and even starting to get into the higher-end models they have the very similar architecture they, they use in most cases arm chips with a specialized chip that just does image processing and so what apple's doing is very similar to the architecture of modern cameras and of course other smartphone makers are doing this too so i mean that's part of what the speed and the you know non sixty four bit the other the other parts of this architecture of the a seven are contributing towards and touch ID is of course also integrated in that not only do you need the the 
power to be able to handle that, you also need to have security functions in the chip to store your information. Now, with regard to Touch ID, there were complaints there, too, because, oh, my God, this hacker club was able to find a way to defeat it. You know, it's like, but sure, but just about anything that has security, you can find a way to defeat, more or less. Yeah, it's kind of a trade-off. I mean, if they had made a a video showing how you could film somebody while they're logging into their phone, it would be much easier to snatch their phone and put in the the code that you just watched them do than it would be to try to lift a fingerprint that's really high quality and then, you know, put it into Photoshop and make sure it, it... works correctly, and then build a 3D model. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. It's much easier just to look at someone putting in their phone. So, you know, if you're touching your sensor on the train, it's much harder to copy for someone else to copy that than if someone's just looking over your shoulder and they see you unlocking your phone every time you pull it out of your pocket, and they have a chance to see, oh, your number is 2539, you know? Make a mental note of that, and when I snatch your phone at the next station, I will have an unlocked phone. Well, by the time you get to the next station, maybe you better make it a totally different number, like 9654. And what's interesting is that there was very little criticism of of things in Android. You know, I mean, the the main thing is people put in a passcode with a swipe gesture. And so it's even more obvious, you know, what your password is. If you if someone is next to you and they're putting this in, it's almost like just like goes right into your brain. And you're like, oh, I don't even want to know that. And then the other thing was face unlock. You know, you'll hold the phone and it like looks at your face and analyzes something and then it unlocks your phone, (laughs) which is just kind of stupid. And it's, you know, the security involved in that is like, oh, come, come now. Well, think about a retina scan. Okay. That would require a lot of lasers and situation. Yeah. Okay. But then of course people will say, well, someone will just cut out somebody's eye and use it like they do in a movie. And the same thing with fingers. Oh, we'll cut somebody's finger off, and we'll do it that way. There's always going to be a way to defeat the security. But if you don't offer it, then you have no security. And part of the argument voice, and I've mentioned this and others have too, consider backups before Time Machine came out. Apple said that 25% of Mac users backed up, of which only a few percent use software. So they came out with Time Machine. Time Machine is not perfect. It doesn't do a clone backup. It does a very involved, incremental kind of backup that I won't even try to explain, but you can do a full restore of your Mac. The key being, it's almost painless and simple to set up with an external drive. Okay, so from a point where very few Mac users were doing backups, you have Time Machine where more Mac users are doing backups. Maybe there are products out there, software that does it better, and we agree about that, but at least they're doing backups. Now Apple has made it simple, seamless, without the flourishes, to get fingerprint recognition on iPhone. And what, at least half the people out there don't use the passcode. So this encourages them to use the passcode because that's part of the process of setting it up. So now you've increased security, and it's not perfect, Now there is security where, in many instances, there would not have been. Daniel Aaron Dilger joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. Times are changing, and violent crimes against law-abiding citizens are out of control. Protect yourself with legal, affordable, 100% made-in-the-USA ballistic body armor. Available at AR500.com. Rated for calibers up to 308 Winchester. Packages including armor start at only $210. It's the right of every responsible American citizen to own body armor. Get some at 602-501-9607 or AR500.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. Daniel Aaron Dilger joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Isle live. So you get the point I'm making here about fingerprint sensors and all the other security that you're replacing no security with a pretty good sense of security. Yeah, so Touch ID and the new camera features and all the stuff is kind of predicated upon the A7 because there were architectural changes. And in addition to that, there's also a number of benefits from going to a new architecture. It's a much cleaner architecture. The designs for 64-bit started from fresh and said, hey, instead of having all this cobbled-on instruction set stuff of that's been accumulated over the last years, over the last several years, Let's start fresh and come out with an entirely new thing that gets it right from the first time. And this is the first major jump uh, that ARM architecture has seen in, in a long time. And so that's an aspect of, of why moving to a 64-bit architecture is good. And so you had all these people come out of the woodwork and say, oh, well, 64-bit is not necessary. Part of it for the memory it doesn't even, isn't even applicable. But then part of it saying 64-bit is not really even useful in a mobile device. And what they're not realizing is that Apple keeps changing what a smartphone definition is. Apple keeps raising the bar. So when the you know when the iPhone first came out, there were a bunch of analysts saying, "Oh, we don't even think this is a smartphone because it doesn't run Java apps." It's like, well, what it does run without even third-party apps is much better than anything on the market right now. And then within a year, you know, they had an app store, and then a year after that, they had more sales than kind of the, the whole Java infrastructure by itself. And over time, it's, it's like especially with the iPhone 4 and with the 4S, there were, there were jumps of achieving a level that nobody else was even kind of aiming at. And that's going to enable new things. There's already apps that are taking advantage of the A7. There's, there's particularly um, Infinity Blade was showing off their third version that just does crazy graphics and there's a number of other apps that i've been looking at that that take advantage of the a7 and then also part of the architecture of the a7 is that the super fast chip it also has a separate coprocessor that allows it to do a kind of background task related to motion very efficiently so you can have a step counter kind of app that's monitoring functions in a way that doesn't have the chip on full bore all the time so the, the M7 is what they call it, and the A7 work together to create this kind of efficient model of how to have fast and background processes all running efficiently. And then one of the things that the A7 does that, that is a benefits from being able to actually use 64-bit data is it pushes through bigger chunks of data, and then it's done. So if it can... Um, do you know a couple instructions in the same number of cycles that a 32-bit chip would take twice as many uh, cycles to do, then it can spend half of its cycles being almost shut off 
can gate everything down into to where it's more efficient. And so the new chip, even it has a, the battery that comes on it is slightly bigger than the the five that it replaces, but the battery length is actually longer in some cases because they've made some things more efficient. I know in MacWorld's testing, which Jim Galbraith ran and published this week, the iPhone 5S actually has slightly longer battery life than the iPhone 5C, and not that much less than this Motorola Razor Max, which everyone talks about with a thick battery. You know, so we have to go into that. Anyway, but we look here at all these crazy lists that people come up with, the five things that the iPhone doesn't do, the five things that iOS 7 doesn't do. Boy, they were after iOS 7, weren't they? And we're seeing the adoption rate is amazing. In fact, they were saying that like the first day it was out, September 18th, the download process of iOS 7 almost strangled the Internet. So many downloads were happening at the same time. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's the biggest online launch of an operating system ever. So think of it here. As of Monday, 200 million iOS users had it. Now I think it's got to be 250 or 300 million have it. And this is amazing. Who could have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible to think where Apple is right now in terms of what they're doing. And I, I think what's really happening, there's starting to be a shift of, you know, over the last year, like I was describing, there was just, just this general assumption that Apple was now done. and the year of, you know, Android was on this great ascent and led by Samsung. And say, okay, a couple of problems with that. First of all, the Android ecosystem is still in the garbage. No one's doing cool new apps. And if they did, somebody came out with some cool, you know, high-end game, A, nobody would buy it because the Android population is, you know, it's, it's a segment, the demographic that does not pay for things and does not want to pay for things and does not think they should pay for things. I talked to a lot of people who use Android, and one of the, you know, the top thing that they talk about, like, what do you use your phone for? They're like, well, I, you know, you can, you have all these apps for downloading free stuff and steal free music. There's always this notion that people who have proprietary technology sell it for too much. You know, people talk about this, our pharmaceutical companies, they sell their drugs for too much, and in some cases they do. There is a lot of abuse. But this idea that if everybody just gave their stuff away, if they let everyone else clone their stuff, that it would be, there would be just as much progress because people would still be inventing stuff. No. Android is the perfect example of what happens when you destroy the business model behind things. You have the Soviet Union, where you have a lot of people thinking it's a good idea, and some of those people are smart. But there's no financial insist- uh, there's no um, financial backing to do anything. The thing I see with Android apps, and I went through a few months of not using an iPhone and strictly using a Galaxy S3 and then a Galaxy S4, starting in February and ending like last week. And the thing I noticed about it is even when you have the same app, on the Android and iOS platform, and I'm going to say this fast because we're running out of time, the fit and polish of the App Store version was much better. Even Time Mobile, to see the content from Time Magazine, works fine. On iOS 7, on the iPhone 5C, 
on the Galaxy S4, it is slower, even though that theoretically is a faster processor. Half the time I can't bring an article up unless I quit the app or use a system optimization utility to quit all the apps. The application for GCN, our radio network that you can use to listen to our shows on a smartphone, iOS version works quite well. The Android version may or may not work, and they're having a heck of a time dealing with the fragmentation. Yeah, it's tough to write Android apps because not only do you have fragmentation of different users are on different operating systems and they can't upgrade. So you have a lot of people that are running old software that doesn't take advantage of new stuff. So if you want to take advantage of new features that, you know, the last two years, it's been two years since, since they launched Android 4.0 and there's still only, there's still a simple majority that are on old systems, Android 2X from you know, that was came out when the iPhone 4 did. So it's not just old software, it's not new. There, there's all these new features that if you take advantage of them, if you made a, a program that required Android 4 or some of the latest features, Android 4.3, um, you're only going to be able to target a very small number of new users. The problem being, uh, therefore, that most of your potential user base, you can't reach them because... Your product isn't compatible. But with Apple, with 50, 60% of the people using iOS 7 in the first week, and we understand older iPhones, older iPads can't run it, but the vast majority can. App developers can now use those features for their products. It makes it a lot more efficient, and it means they make more money because they don't have to spend as much time dumbing down their app or developing 16 different versions of it to work with all these systems. And that can get mighty, mighty confusing. Before we get too confused, Daniel Aaron Dilger, would you please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff? I have my site at Roughly Drafted, and I write for Apple Insider. We can always hope that Daniel will have more time at hand, and he does so much at Apple Insider, to write more of his special columns for Roughly Drafted. And every weekend, by the way, he has these fabulous editorials over there. They're long, detailed. you got to check them out. Daniel Aaron Dilger, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gene. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We 
the People Grow Cotton, Weave Fabric, Engrave Ink, Embed Strips and Fibers to Protect from Counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. With the well-known shortage of availability in guns and ammo, the question is, will food and preparedness items be next? Now, at ProStoresDirect.com, buy a 32-serving bug-out bucket, and you'll get a prime assortment of Mountain House survival food entrees, including favorites like chili mac with beef and spaghetti and meat sauce, all made with real USDA meat. That's enough food for one adult for a full week, all for just $75.99 with free shipping, delivered in a handy, resealable bucket that'll store for up to 25 years. Pro Stores Direct has a huge selection of family-sized food units too, right up to military-grade number 10 cans. And we'll give you great deals on new military first aid and surgical kits, portable water filters, heirloom seeds, and all your bug-out gear, always with free shipping to the lower 48. Be ready for any challenge with food security for your family at ProStoresDirect.com. ProStoresDirect.com, your first stop for preparedness and survival gear, and proud sponsor of the free media. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Ryan Chaffin of the Mac Observer will be joining us in a moment on the Tech Night Out Live. But first, this rather heavy set guy just walked in the door. And he's just completed his final meeting before Microsoft, where, of course, he's stepping down as CEO. Sir, what do you have to say to us? Well, you know, it's been a it's been a good time at Microsoft for all these years. I I know the company's going to go on to continue to be innovative, just like it has been for the last you know forty years since we've been we've been around. It's been a, it's been a good ride. Well, ride on what a bicycle. A horse and buggy, what kind of ride? Well, you know, I mean, it's 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 just it's been a good ride. I think we can leave it at that. Well, it's a ride to the bottom of the rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> that's not, none of which is my angle on the iPhone five, but that's, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, certainly. he'll soon be history. We won't be able to bring him out anymore. You're going to have to learn to imitate the next Microsoft <laughs> CEO. How's that going to? work out for you uh, I, well i don't you know as long if he's got a distinctive voice that'll be fine but i think my bomber impression is getting worse you think well he's getting older uh well so yeah, we, this is funny let me tell you a story so this is back in the 1970s when star trek was starting to come back before star trek the motion picture you had this mm-hmm. fandom that was embracing star trek and suddenly they bring the stars out of mothballs and i went to a star trek convention in philadelphia and they had Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. And, you know, it was a woman then in her 40s, beautiful woman. And then they had this little session there where James Doohan, of course, that was Scotty, is up there. And I said, would you give us an invitation of a 70-year-old Scotty? And he does it. But the funny thing is, he, I probably didn't realize at that time, he'd be playing Scotty when he was 70. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it's kind of interesting. So... You can maybe come up with a 90-year-old Bill Gates or something next time. 
you know. <laughs> Bill, Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer are are really close. Their voice is really close. Gates you know, and Ballmer? Yeah, G- G- Gates talks. He's got, you know, sort of, he's, he's got a little bit of a tighter voice. You know, we're, we're here today to talk about, he's, you know, it's still like that Kermit the Frog kind of thing. That's what I noticed. You must have been spending too much of your time studying the Hensons or something. <laughs> or something, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, if, if you, I think that Bill Gates sounds very much like Kermit the Frog. And to me, still, Steve Ballmer sounds like Kermit the Frog's jock cousin. You know, it's the same sort of tight voice. He's still talking like way tight up, way high up in his throat. You know, his, his throat sounds all closed together, but it's, you know, just it's a little more aggressive. It's a little more butch. Interesting. I won't try to define what he just said because it's completely got us gobsmacked. <laughs> you know, if you ever had your gobsmacked, you know how excruciating that could be. It's, it's true, Gene. We're going to talk about the iPhone 5 scene, the iPhone 5S, but in relationship to something else here. Now, my iPhone 5S, the one I'm getting to examine, is on a UPS truck as we speak. Okay. It took a long, convoluted journey from China to South Korea to Anchorage, Alaska, to Louisville, Kentucky, where it missed a connection. Mm. Don't ask me to explain. But the one thing I see here is I spent months of time exclusively on Android smartphones. Mm Mm-hmm. The Galaxy S3 and the Galaxy S4 from Samsung. Take it one for the team? Well, I'll tell you what. I had to take a lot there because this is from February through September. Okay? Okay. And then I hook up the iPhone 5C. little white one's in my hand right now. Hook it up. Now, consider this is last year's processor, the A6. Yep. The Samsung Galaxy S4, depending on where you are, it's either, what, a 4-core or an 8-core or a 6-core? I can't keep up with this. Yeah, outside the U.S., it's the octa-core. It's one of Samsung's own processors. And for some reason, and to me, bizarrely, they're using a 4-core uh, Snapdragon from Qualcomm in the U.S. Probably because they can't get it to work very well. It benchmarks very well in some benchmarks, partly because they're Samsung cheap. cheats. Yeah. They run, they clock speed is sped up. So you overclock, and now overclocking can be done. It's a legitimate thing. But what happens is it makes the processor run hotter. It cuts battery life. But they're well, doing and, it and, for and a, a one-minute benchmark, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, yeah, which is just that company has no scruples, no morals, no integrity, no honor. I, did, did you see the news this morning? I don't want to derail us too much here, but did you see the news this morning about this, uh, this uh, uh, development in Germany? Tell me. So. Samsung and Motorola succeeded in validating Apple's rubber band patent, one of Apple's rubber band related patents, uh, in Germany based on prior art. Do you know what the prior art was? I'll tell you. Steve Jobs showing this in the U.S. before it had applied for the patent in Germany. So the prior art was Apple. They, They invalidated the patent by proving that Apple invented it. It, it's a legitimate ruling under the law, but it is intellectually bankrupt for, for Samsung and Motorola to, to have even asked. I assume Apple's going to appeal. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah Apple has said it will appeal. Uh, however, I don't think Apple will win that appeal. It is legitimate prior art under the law. Um, the Florian Mueller is the one who broke this. He, he uh, runs a site called Foss Patents. Yes, we've uh, heard of him, yes. 
he um he he explained that uh when Steve Jobs first introduced the iPhone in 2007, he talked about, see, a boy, have we patented it? But that wasn't exactly the case. You know, they, they hadn't filed patents everywhere in the world. And it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a quirk of the differences between the way prior art rules work here in the States and the way they work in, in Germany. But I just, like I said, it's a legitimate ruling, but I find it morally reprehensible, morally bankrupt that they even uh, pursued that line in the first place. Let's go back to the processor on the the Galaxy S4. Okay, so it is something that's supposed to be up to twice as fast as the iPhone 5C. Except in everything I do on the iPhone 5C, it feels much, much faster. Part of it is if you check touch sensitivity, the iPhone's touch sensitivity is far superior. Mm -hmm. They did a test, it's twice as good. If you just move things around, you want to scroll some text. It's smooth, it's seamless. Mm-hmm. It's just about perfect. You do it on the Galaxy S4, the most powerful Android smartphone on the planet, running the latest, greatest Android as of the day they release it, because there'll never be another update. It is ragged. The text thickens. The pictures get distorted. It's mm-hmm. like making tiny little jerks, you know, boom, 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 like that. It jerks along in tiny increments as opposed to a smooth motion. It's like running a movie that's at 24 frames per second at 12 frames per second. You got that jagged look to it. And they can't figure that out. And this is the phone they say is the greatest smartphone on the planet. Consumer Report says the S4 is at the top of the list, better than the iPhones. Okay, that's one thing, where in every way where performance is concerned, The iPhone 5C feels faster and smoother. Apps just work. You can argue different things about interfaces, except the reaction I had is iOS 7, which everybody is adopting at incredible levels, it feels like there's a unification or purpose or a vision behind it. With Android, it's like 20 people in a committee developed an operating system, but they forgot to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'll I extend that. It's like several committees developed it, and none of them, you know, the individual members weren't talking to each other, and the individual committees weren't talking to each other. Uh, you know, the, the this business of uh, LG and uh, HTC and uh, Samsung all adding their own interfaces on top of Android, it's just, to me, is just, a, it's a catastrophe. There it's is no such thing as an Android brand. This is a big thing that... Is business 101 the most important thing about a company is the branding, the identity? You know, when you have Apple, you know it's Apple. When you have Samsung, what is Samsung's brand identity? What is Google's brand identity when it comes to Android? Because it's being distorted, it's being twisted. Yeah, It's I, being I, gobsmacked, as a matter of fact. I'm going to have to smack Brian if I don't break here. This is the Tech Night How Live I'm Gene Steinberg, and we will be back very shortly.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is Eric Hamburg with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Ever wonder why billionaires like Warren Buffett, John Paulson, are dumping their shares of U.S. company stocks? Do they know something we don't? No investor wants to own stocks with falling profit margins and shrinking dividends. Is it possible a 1987-style market crash is coming? Are these investors aware of a massive correction of up to 90%? Call me, Eric Hamburg, at 800-686-2237, extension 120, and find out why gold and silver are the only true safe haven. With the event-driven risks, such as volatility in the financial market and conflict in Syria and the Middle East, the sky is the limit for gold and silver. That's Eric Hamburg, 800 686-2237, extension 120, and I'll send you a, a brochure explaining why gold and silver are the only way to preserve your purchasing power. As a currency's value crumbles and gold being priced in dollars, metal's value will skyrocket. Again, that's Eric Hamburg, Midas Resources, 800-686-2237, extension 120. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country, but is yours American-made Vapriate e-liquid by Lasig is manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by Lasig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by Lasig a long time ago. Lasig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hard Hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, Lasig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a vapriate at Lasig.com or call 870-525-1440. 870-525-1440. Lasig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Ceramic Body Armor is rated to stop six hits. But what about the seventh? Unlike Ceramic or Kevlar, Infidel Body Armor is proven to take hit after hit, and it just won't quit. Reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper, Infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high-powered rifles. That means safety and peace of mind. Buy yours at InfidelBodyArmor.com. Spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Infidel Body Armor just won't quit. You are now in the crosshairs. The NSA and the FBI are treating you like a criminal and monitoring your every move. Ron Paul said recently, The evidence of the totalitarian nature of this government is on display undeniably every day. What's taking place right now is a coup and the destruction of the Constitution. Fortunately, there is something you can do about it. Learn how to be invisible, lock down your privacy, and even disappear forever. Go to privacylockdown.com to learn how. That's privacylockdown.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, who is now going to figure out who he's going to imitate now that Steve Ballmer is stepping down from Microsoft. And I understand he does a great Kermit the Frog. No, 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 no. No, no. I don't, none of my impressions are great. Well, you can do Grover, and you can take Grover in with a slight alteration, and split the syntax, and you have Yoda. Um, that is true. And true, if that they, is. if they hire Yoda to be CEO of Microsoft, maybe I'll be all right. He'd do a better job. Indeed. He's the chief Jedi. He knows everything. He can use mind tricks to teach you how to buy a Microsoft product. It, it, right. Let's get back to the, the issue of performance. So the best grade smartphone from Android doesn't feel as fast as an iPhone. There's no brand identity with Android. Well, there, there's the Nexus phones. Google's Nexus phones are pure Android devices. You know, th- those are the ones I would buy personally if I was interested in an Android phone, which I'm not. It still has the same problems, though. It's just not contaminated with Samsung's problems. Correct. It's just restricted to Google's problems. And now they've got version 4.4 KitKat. Yeah. Which makes you want to click when you think about it. Uh, it makes me want to do something. <laughs> but the point being here is they haven't announced a feature set. I don't think they've announced a release date. Uh, I haven't seen the release date, if they have. So you think, what is this? Are they maybe quieting down development of Android? Maybe they're going to go all to Chrome? Mm, I doubt that. I doubt that. Rightly or wrongly, they, you know, they, they've made their bed with Android in the mobile market. I, I think that Android is, is likely here to stay. It would be pretty funny if, if Google stopped development of it. But if they, you know, if they did that, um, other companies could, in theory, pick it up, and you know, that could be interesting. I don't know. Android's a mess. Just, it's, it's a mess. I don't know. Who cares about Android? Well, unfortunately, people care about Android. Although we're seeing here in the U.S., people don't care about Android as much because despite all the publicity about anything other than the iOS and the iPhone, Apple's gaining market share again. Yeah, yeah, Apple's doing quite well in the U.S., but, you know, even outside the U.S., where Android has, a, a, you know, this crushing market share, I, I think that we need to be looking at market share differently. I don't think that probably the bottom 50, maybe the bottom 60 or 70% of Android market share matters to anyone. No one's making any money on it. The users aren't downloading anything. They're not, you know, they basically have, fancy feature phones where all they're doing is texting and making phone calls and maybe taking a few photographs and 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 that's it it it, in fact it's it's fascinating to me so you know how um uh, google is quite proud of its activations on a daily basis there's you know hundreds of thousands of activations on every day for android devices and google trumps that quite proudly and is you know they have a reason to be proud of it but then they report fragmentation to developers. Fragmentation numbers used to be based on activations. 
Now they're based on, only on access to Google Play. Now, there's a legitimate reason for developers to be only interested in that data because if users aren't going to Google Play, they're not downloading their apps. So, you know, all those users don't count. They don't matter to anyone, including apparently Google, except for when they want to mention total activations. You know, if you, if you look <laughs> it, it, about a year ago, if you looked at, at, at Google's uh, uh, fragmentation report, it was just, you know, it was all over the place. And, and the current version, whatever the current version was at any given time, was always the smallest percentage of users. But now you go and you see that, you know, Jeepers, 30 or 40 some odd percent of users are, are on Jellybean. Well, no, 41% of users who go to Google Play are on Jellybean. And that's a tiny subset of the total numbers. So, you know, most of, Google, of Android's market share doesn't matter. I don't, Android doesn't matter to anyone. No one cares. No, no one actually cares. Well, I think a lot of developers probably can't care because performance is so inconsistent. Even from two minor version differences of Android, there's no guarantee the app is going to work. It's true. Yeah, there, there, there are certainly lots. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There, there are plenty of, of very good Android developers. Some of them may even be making a little money. But um, some, yeah, some, some, but I think the three or four, I think the top three or four, maybe, which is not to say, you know, iOS has its own issues. There are discovery issues. There are issues with Apple's ranking system for its top, uh, top sellers and top downloads for free apps. Um, Most of Apple pays out a lot of money for, for uh, iOS app developers, but it's concentrated into a very few hands. You know, most, developers can't most ios app developers can't make a living on their on their app developments and that's something that i would like to be able to see change yeah but i think part of the problem is you have too many if you have a million apps out there or whatever it is now how can it possibly be that any more than the top few percent you know whether it's the one percent against the 99 percent, whatever that top tier is going to make money and sometimes really good money but there are just too many apps to go around in this. Even if every person who owns an iOS device is buying a few apps, you know, it doesn't add up. Well, that's true. And a, and a lot of those apps are um, uh, plagiarized apps, copied apps. Uh, you know, that, that needs to go away. Of course, revenue is going to be concentrated towards the top, as it should be, because by definition, the top developers are making the top apps. Uh, I, I just think that Apple's got an issue on its hands of broadening that distribution a little bit and keeping um, ceasing the activity of artificially funneling money towards the top. Money's going to funnel to the top naturally, but I think it's being artificially constrained towards the top by Apple's ranking systems and, and the lack of discoverability. Supposedly, they keep changing the right. App Store to make it better. Yeah, they're working on this stuff, which is good. I would also expect when they started out, they didn't expect to actually have a million apps and to have to sort all that out. Right. So it's a work in progress and probably pretty unwieldy to deal with. Yeah, I'm glad that I just get to sit here and uh, comment on it and don't actually have to solve it. Right. You sit here and complain. It's like the issue of having multiple Apple IDs. Mm-hmm. Right. And I ran into the situation with a friend just the other day, and we got someone from Apple to chat with because tim cook had said a year or two back we're trying to address that problem 
Right. And so I said to the person, I've got this friend here. He has two Apple IDs. Wouldn't it be nice if we could make it just one? Mm-hmm. And I waited for the person to respond. This is a chat room comment from Apple. And they said, well, I have the same problem. <laughs> and I guess we can't solve it because he has the same problem that we did. Mm-hmm. Multiple Apple IDs. I have several Apple IDs. That's it. But some people have many because they forget the previous one. Maybe Apple should put up a warning notice asking people to make sure they don't already have an Apple ID and also telling them how to recover it if necessary. We didn't forget that Brian Chaffin joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. It's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. September is National Preparedness Month in the U.S., and it's National Savings Month at Freeze Dry Guy. Are you prepared to save? All Mountain House freeze dried foods in number 10 cans are now 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These long lasting foods for emergency preparedness with a guaranteed 25 year shelf life are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These easy foods for camping, backpacking, hunting, and sailing are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These delicious foods, freeze-dried to lock in the taste, aroma, and freshness, are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. All cans of Mountain House freeze-dried meats, entrees, fruits, and veggies are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. Be prepared and save 40% now through September 30th at freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. 
My name's Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years, and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Whey and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Whey, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally, I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Whey, I rode 10 days in a row in over 100 degree heat, and then I take another two servings of One World Whey, and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One real way comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld, W-H-E-Y.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg Brian Schaffman of the Mac Observer joining us I'm Gene Steinberg you're in the tech night owl live you should hear the conversations we have between segments you would not believe the things we're talking about right Brian it's true. It's true. Don't tell anybody, though. I didn't say anything. Did okay, you say good. something? No, I did not. All right. We're just talking about the app ecosystems and about all the issues. Now, iOS 7, adopted by what, 50 or 60% of iOS users around the world? In just a few of, days. In just an hour. It almost took down the Internet. I was mentioning that with our previous guest. It almost took down the Internet. All those downloads. Uh, I Okay. I mean, you heard stories where some places, some businesses, like 30% of their web traffic was just downloading Mm. iOS 7. I mean, it was amazing what was going on. Mm. But now that you've had a chance to play with it officially for a while, Mm -hmm. pluses, minuses, whatever. Well, um, I personally love it. I think Apple has a very small but important problem on its hand uh, with uh, people getting motion sick from the uh, the way apps zoom uh, in and out when they uh, when they open and close. Um, there are some legitimate cases of motion sickness going on, and there's no way to turn that off. And I think that Apple's going to have to add the ability to turn that off, uh, and that they need to do it quickly. To me, iOS seven is fast. I I love the look. I, I'm still a little disappointed with some of the colors on the icons, but I'm growing used to them. Um, I love the parallax uh, b- background effect. I like the dynamic backgrounds. Uh, I like the control center. I like the uh, the way notification center is working. I think that Apple is in the process of taking notification center uh, much closer to something like Google Now, which I think is the single most compelling element of Android. And uh, all in all, I think iOS 7 is absolutely terrific. And it's stunning to me, stunning to me that they released it 10 months after canning Scott Forstall and giving the engineering side to Craig Federici and the look and feel side to Johnny Ive. All that work, 10 months. Stunning. And that also explains why there are a few ragged edges or things to be dealt with. True. I, I was very pleased to see that skeuomorphism in iBooks did not go away, though I was very surprised to see that that included the wooden bookshelves. You know, 
the currently iBooks in iOS 7 does not match iBooks in Mavericks, the Mavericks betas. And uh, I, I'm, I, I keep expecting that to change, but I'm just so hoping that Apple does not take away the page turns and the page curls from uh, iBooks in iOS. Well, it's the final remnant of skeuomorphism. But it's the one bit of skeuomorphism that actually adds value. Real-to-real tape decks in the podcast app don't add any value. Leather stitching in the uh, calendar apps don't really add any value. The, the felt in Game Center, that doesn't add any value either. But recreating, almost recreating the, the physical book experience when you're reading on an iPad, that has a lot of value. Certainly a lot of value to me. I think a lot of value to a lot of people I've talked to. The one thing I see is interesting is the supposed learning curve. There were comments from the critics saying, well, people have to relearn things. And the area of that might be with the control center because you're swiping up. And that's a new function, I guess. And there are one or two other things that are slightly different. But I know my wife is not a tech whiz. She doesn't like personal computers, but she loves her iPad. I updated the operating system. And first she looked at me saying, what did you do to me? And I say, it's just things that look a little different. Don't worry about it. And then five minutes later, she didn't mention anything about it anymore. She didn't come back to me and say, why doesn't this work right? She does whatever she did, and she figured out whatever the differences were. And they're not so drastic. The one thing here is that people have learned that text links can be tapped to access functions. You don't need a button anymore. Right. It's a very big development, and I guess part of it is, what Apple said is that we trained people on how to use glass, how to tap on glass. And after that, things are interesting. So right now, if you look at iOS 7, you don't need the buttons. Right. You just have the labels because we're used to clicking or tapping on text on a website. Yeah, the, we, that job has been done. We've done that for years. We no longer need the buttons. So the buttons go away. Which is which is interesting because Microsoft introduced Surface Two this week. I think three people heard about that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. It, you know, it was, it's funny. I, I tweeted that um, uh, you know it was the best Microsoft media event that I've seen, and yes, that's a mixed review. <laughs> it's not certainly not saying a whole lot. Uh, but Steve Ballmer did not take place in that particular media event. But my, my point there in the connection to what we were talking about is that, you know, Apple's job is done. The notion of tapping, everyone gets it. Little kids get it. Cats get it. Everyone gets it. And that is except, you know, everyone except Microsoft. Because Microsoft's answer to the Surface being a failure was to double down and make Surface to more. More Surface. You know, it's more of what it was before. and. It's just that's fascinating to me. So basically, you have something that's bad, and to make the way to make it good, and the way to make customers accept it, you add more of the bad. Yeah, you make make it faster, and have a different keyboard. It's just that we've talked about this, Gene, but it still fascinates me that Microsoft can study the success of the iPad and come away with what really people really want is is a keyboard. It's just fascinating to me. It's it's it is. It's weird. The commercials are weird. Commercials are weird. You have this imitation of Siri. Of course, Siri's voice is different now on 
iOS 7, she's less computer-like. And there's a male version of it also. So you have this commercial here. And they first reduced the size of the iPad to look smaller against the Surface tablet. That's a trick. It's also deception. Hmm. And they want to compare the prices because the Surface was, what, 349 when they reduced the price? Yep. And the iPad is 499 except they say it's 599 Well, because they're comparing 32 gigs to 32 gigs. Except there's a problem here. On the 32 gig Surface, half of it is used by software. Yeah. So you don't get 32, you get 16. Blue then water. if you're comparing 16, well, then you might as well go back to the 16 gigabyte iPad. Now, I'll give you an example. I have all my wife's apps and everything set on this iPhone 5C, which is her phone. I'm just borrowing it for a few days. It's a 16 gigabyte phone of which 8.7 gigabytes is still available after everything. Mm-hmm. You compare that to the Galaxy S4, where you get the 16 gigabyte version and 50% of it is filled with their junk, half of which doesn't work. Yeah, but it's okay because there's a, there's a micro SD slot, so that's, that makes everything better. So you have to buy something extra to make it usable. Well, you have to buy something extra and make it usable and then keep it in there. And yeah, I don't, I don't, that, to me, I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the desires to, the, to have the, the, the memory slots. I don't, yeah, I just don't. I'm, I'm baffled by it. Back to iOS 7. Other than the parallax effect, mm-hmm. the motion sickness, and I can mm-hmm. see that. It doesn't bother me. But it doesn't I can bother see me that. either. All right. So some people will be affected, so I suppose they can always add an accessibility option. Yes. To take care of that. They're going to have to. There are some issues with the text being too thin, and there is an accessibility option to increase contrast, which I use, by the way, and there's another one to make the text bold, which mm-hmm. I think is too much. But at least they have that option. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that Apple is being inconsiderate of people. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, I think that, that, that iOS 7 is probably the most, um, I don't want to say customizable, because customizable is not it's, not, it's not customizable, but it's, it's tweakable. It's probably the most tweakable version of iOS we've seen. But they tweak it in ways that are useful. I mean, you can tweak Android to a fair thee well. You can spend days going through every nook and cranny of those settings, but most of them don't make a bit of difference. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S 
BePreparedNow.com. It's the Mountain House Super Sale right now at BePrepared.com. This month only, every can is 40% off. Try the delectable flavor of scrambled eggs with bacon, only $20.39, regularly $33.99. Or taste Mountain House Beef Stroganoff, normally $28.49, now only $17.09. In the mood for dessert, try a number 10 can of raspberry crumble for only $16.49, usually priced at $27.49. Call Emergency Essentials at 800-999-1863 or click BePrepared.com. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. You've thought about it for years. Well, the time is now. You need a secret bunker, and you need it deep and strong. Atlas Survival Shelters should be your first and only choice. The experts at Atlas can help you choose a shelter that has all the comforts of your home and is 11 times stronger than square box shelters. Call Atlas at 1-855-4-BUNKERS. 1-855-4-BUNKERS. Or visit IWantThatBunker.com. Atlas Survival Shelters. Better prepared than scared. There is only one detox product that stands out above the rest. Micro Plant Powder. And it's available only at HempUSA.org. Micro Plant Powder does wonders by removing toxins from the body. Detoxification is a vital process that's extremely important for restoring your health. Micro Plant Powder is available in eight different formulations, and we can help you choose the one that's perfect for your lifestyle. Micro Plant Powder is 100% chemical-free, non-GMO, anti-inflammatory, gluten-free, and packaged by hand in BPA-free containers. HempUSA.org wants you to be healthy, and Micro Plant Powder is one of the best ways we know to detoxify your body from head to toe, all for about $10 a month. Take back your life and enjoy living again with Micro Plant Plant powder. Call 888-910-4367. That's 888-910-4367. Micro plant powder. Available only at HempUSA.org. Hello, it's Tom Chenault from the Tom Chenault Show. We are experts in home-based business and residual income. We show people how to make money from their home, either part-time or full-time. And in partnership with Genesis Communication Network, we've organized a team to fight back about people not having money, time, or health. And we need your help. What we want you to do is if you've got an interest in building an organization to fight back against people taking our money, taking our time, and taking our health, we want to talk to you. All you need to do is call this number, 855-308-8326. Again, all you want to do is call 855-308-8326. You can make a tremendous amount of money and end up fighting for a great cause. Please call us right now. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Now, in our first segment of the show, before you came on, we had Kyle Weens from iFixit.com. Okay. He was telling us about tearing down the iPhone 5C and the iPhone 5S. And he points to one thing, and maybe you want to comment about this, because Apple does some crazy things when it comes to repairability of their gear. So what they did with the battery on the 5C and the 5S is they added adhesive to it. So... With the iPhone 5, you have these two crazy tiny screws. You take it, two screws off with a special screwdriver. You pry open the case, 
and you take out the battery, you remove the cables and everything. Here, you not only have to do that, you've got to heat the bottom of the thing to remove the battery. Why does Apple do that? Well, Apple does it because they're Apple. They're not interested in in repairability. They're not interested in user upgradability. They're not interested in users or third-party people doing anything. Um, The the point of Apple's devices is to be tight, well-designed, precise, as slim as and and thin as and and you know just just everything being compact and that's what they're interested in doing. Sure, but how do you make something better? By using adhesive, it just adds another layer of complexity to the assembly process. Are you afraid the battery is going to move? Well, you must assume, I think that it is a reasonable assumption, that the adhesive was added not to make it harder for people to to mess with the battery, but rather to address some issue that they discovered through uh, the repair process in uh, uh, prior iPhones. So this is the issue, for example, of the iPhone 5, where the iPhone 5 had a battery that did not have adhesives. So maybe they felt there was a reliability concern there. Yeah, and maybe maybe the adhesive allows the battery to have, you know, like three nanometers more space. I mean, you know, you, you, we do get slightly more battery life, uh, battery hours, I should say, in the, the battery on this thing. Um, that had to come from somewhere. Maybe it came from the process of, of uh, gluing the battery to the back. It's 130 milliamp hours more in the 5S compared to the 5. And in the end, you know, I'm not going to take that thing apart. If yeah, I no keep it long enough to need a new battery, I go over to Apple and say, what is it, $100? Here's $100, replace my battery, have fun, or send it to somebody who is a third party equipped to deal with this nonsense. Right. Right. And if people want to put their iPhone up on blocks in the yard so they can play with it, they would probably be a lot happier with um, an Android device, maybe even a Windows device, Windows phone device. Well, think of the Galaxy S4. You can open the back of the case. You don't have to worry about any of this nonsense. You crack open the bottom of the case. And when you do, by the way, the process is such that you think you are cracking something. Because it makes that kind of noise. And then you have the SIM card in there and the SD card and the battery and whatever else you want to do. My favorite bit is the slight give between the battery and the back of the case. Right in the center of the case, you get just a little bit of give. Makes it feel really cheap to me. Do you have one in front of you? I stuck it in a case. Fair enough. I didn't bother with it. I I stick all these things in cases, okay? Because I want to protect them. Yep. They're expensive machines. In fact, right now, I have right here an iPhone 5S case waiting to be enclosing something. And it's still on the UPS truck, so it won't be enclosing anything very soon, but within a day or so. It'll be so what do you think of the 5C? Well, okay, I had a reasonable experience with the iPhone 5, but for the last few months, I've been working on the Samsung Galaxy S3 and then S4. Mm-hmm. Okay, exclusively. I lived in Android land from February through September. Bigger man than me, sir. Well, I know. I endure lots of things. You have no idea. Okay. So having endured that, I then switched to the 5C. And, of course, it's a 4-inch screen, not a 5-inch screen. It's scaled down somewhat. But, of course, how do you deal with that? Very simple. You hold it a bit closer. And when you hold it a bit closer, it comes closer to your eyes, 
and therefore it doesn't make a difference. Suddenly, and I don't have basketball player hands. I have long, thin fingers, not like a basketball player. I can do most everything with one hand. Right. One hand use again. As I mentioned before, faster, more fluid, more predictable. I don't have to worry about constantly force quitting all the running apps because something bogged down. Right. I shouldn't have to worry about that. Why do we have to worry about that? But that's Android. Everything is open. There's no controls. There's no intelligence behind dealing with the tiny resources. Everything is smooth. All the apps work. Performance is fine. I obviously have only briefly played with a 5S. I will have, as soon as it gets off the truck, extended FaceTime, and I'll have more to say. But right now, the one thing is that it made the iPhone experience, it brought it back to me, and it made me more apt to spend time on a smartphone than on the Android phone, because I always had to do things with it, to fiddle with it, to change the brightness, daytime, nighttime. I couldn't look at it in sunlight because the AMOLED display is totally useless in sunlight. Ah, yes, but it's but it's better because it's bigger. And that's the only thing that matters, at least according to some people. So I just hold it closer. Sure. And when I hold it closer, there's a magical thing that happens. It seems bigger because it's closer. How could we forget that? To me, if I want the bigger screen, I go to my iPad. So I, I'm not interested in having a bigger, wider smartphone. I'm I'm pretty comfortable. I was pretty comfortable with the 4S. I, I did to buy the 5S and uh, am uh, loving it. I don't see anything there that it's doing particularly wrong. The thing that Apple still has above everybody else is that appliance factor, that appliance mentality, where you just want to check your email and get online and run your apps and do all this stuff and not have to think about what has to be configured. And what workaround you have to engage in to make the app work, like Time Mobile. I mentioned this briefly to Daniel Arendilger earlier. With Time Mobile on an Android phone, on the Galaxy S4, you launch the app and you see a list of stories. You tap a story to see it. Sometimes nothing happens. So you kind of back out on the screen there to get to the home screen. That doesn't work. You then quit all the open apps. And that finally allows you to read the story. So I have to go through 10 or 15 different stupid things to read a story, as opposed to on the iPhone, I launch the app, tap the story, and there it is. That's a very important difference, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I think customers realize that. Yeah, well, some do. Um, Some do. And and keep in mind that that Apple is still dominating the high end of the market. Uh, Apple's market share of the total market has shrunk to you know somewhere between 13 and 20 percent depending on who you ask but if you look at apple's share of the high-end market the only market that that matters to especially to to apple um apple is still absolutely dominating that and and to to that effect all the people that talk about about how awesome it is to have uh, these uh, phablet sized devices and how apple is you know completely missing the boat by not having them they tend to either not know or not want to point out that the iPhone outsells all the phablets. So (laughs) there are people who appreciate what Apple does and what the iPhone is. And of course, if you're a clown, you have those big suits. You can stick the phablet in it. I'll tell you what a tight fit that Galaxy S4 was in my pocket. Mm. My Levi 501s, 
iPhone 5 is much, much better, but Apple will still make a larger iPhone, I think. Eventually, yes. Okay, Brian Chaffin, tell us more about the things you do. Well, I am on Twitter at TMO Brian. It's Brian with a Y. I am the co-founder and co-publisher of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. And you can find my personal blog at GeekTells.com. It's T-E-L-L-S. And you can find us on Twitter, where we are known as Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also find our web portal at TechNightOwl.com. To go find us on Facebook, look for Gene Steinberg. If you find him, more than likely he's me. We've got another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, the Paracast. And this weekend we'll be talking with two of our loyal, active listeners over the past eight years of the show from Australia and Scotland on the Tech Night Owl Live. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.